Hey, Morgan. David. So episode two, you excited? Absolutely. We have a massive topic on conversation for today, and I'm ready for it. Well, even before we get to that, so we're recording on Sunday, February 19th, a big day, NC State beating UNC. Earlier it's a happy today. day. It's a happy I mean, day. Yeah, I mean, anytime Caroline loses, it's a good feeling, I think, for all of us. We might not agree on teams we cheer for, but we, we agree on teams we cheer against. Yes, this is a massive bond that you and I share, even though you're a Terrapin and I'm a Wolf. We, we can share in this joy together. So, yes, it's been a great week. For state fans, uh, the women beat North Carolina earlier in the week, um, took out the boys today. So, you know, it's it's a pretty solid way to start the week. So we're happy about it. Well, good. I wish I could say that about basketball, but we did have a big win uh, yesterday in lacrosse beating Syracuse. So that was good. Oh, that is a big win. Yeah. So I didn't think we'd be talking about it, but did you watch any of the stadium series, the hockey game last night from Raleigh? I did not watch any of it. I know I'm a horrible fan. I, uh, I I didn't watch any of it. I saw lots of little highlights though. I think it's a great thing. I'm just, I'm glad that it finally happened. I know that it got postponed because of COVID and I'm glad that they finally did decide to come back and do it. And I hope it's something that occurs, you know, again, because I think it's huge for us and huge for hockey and it's pretty awesome. And, and the cool thing is how they sort of combine the Hurricanes and NC State. Like they, um, Wittenberg and, and uh, Thompson came out to, ring, not ring the bell, turn that crank or whatever. And it was funny because it was at NC State and most people were clapping and cheering them. But you could hear some boos in the background. No. Yeah, well, I mean, because, I mean, it just, nothing says you could be a Hurricanes fan and have to be uh, a Wolfpack fan. So, I mean... I don't know, 75, 80% of the cheers. Uh, but I mean, the thing I've always wanted this is off topic. So Derek Wittenberg's a hero for throwing up an air ball. It's, yes, he, he's known for that. Yes, his biggest well, mistake. If didn't dunk that in, he would have been, you know, he would have been booed forever. He would have been hated. But since it was, he'll probably say it's a pass. But I'll say it's an air ball. And they wanted to because he's not a hero because of that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was an air ball, and I, I, we'll see. But, yeah, um, he, yeah, it's th- the miracle, you know, that we all love and we all go back to, and it doesn't matter how long ago it was. So yeah. Before someone's time here, I'm not going to mention that, but um, but the other cool thing was, I mean, NC State pep band was there, the cheerleaders, I mean, it almost seemed like a, a college football game with the excitement and the atmosphere, and it was a hockey match. I think I, the the – the actual game didn't start until about 8.20. There were just so many pregame things. The ABC did a, a great job with that. I think it's, you know, it was great PR for Raleigh. Oh, yeah. It's a huge thing for State. I definitely didn't know ahead of time that all of those things were happening. Like, I didn't know they were going to have the power sound of the South play. I didn't know that Thompson and Wittenberg would be there. I saw probably – I think I saw the day before – that uh, Ripken was going to drop the puck, which is the best part, in my opinion. It's so adorable. Um, For those of you who yeah. don't know, Rip- Ripken is not Cal Ripken or Billy Ripken, but Ripken is a dog. He is. He is the bat dog for the Durham Bulls, um, and he also would pick up the kicking tee for NC State. Um, he recently, recently, several months ago, he got featured on the Kelly Clarkson show, if anybody needs to go reference that. But, um, yes, he's he's a local favorite. If you're at a football game, he gets as many cheers when he goes onto the field to get the kicking tee as, as much as the players do. Um, we all love him. So I think that's pretty well, cool. That has there been a lot to cheer about recently with NC State football? I mean, is that the part that's the most exciting thing as a dog? Is it because of the no. team or because of the team? Oh, goodness. Goodness gracious. He's he's a huge part of the cheering squad, and we all love him amidst what else may occur on that football field, depending <laughs> on the year. So, No, it's all good. Um, you know, last episode we talked about the Grammys. Do you have any, you know, post-Grammys thoughts you want to talk about before you get into this week's discussion? Um, I thought – 
a good amount of the performances were good. Um, you know, kind of like we talked about last time, you said, you know, they're choosing the best. It's not the most streams or most popular or how many sold out shows. So um, I think that the, you know, overall, it was like we said, there were several people in each category that could have won and we wouldn't be, you know, too surprised by that because there's, you know, there's good people in those categories. Um, I will say, I think we all were shocked by the song of the year award. Didn't, didn't see that one coming. Just gonna go ahead and say that we, uh, messed that one up because we definitely wrote that one off. So. Yeah. You know, for me, I couldn't tell you who won, even though I watched it and it was four hours long it was pretty long, so long. For me. yeah it was cool to see some of them I mean, it's cool to see um the rock and adele like hug and she was like so <laughs> surprised to see him but i think for That's me awesome. their performances i mean start off with bad bunny who just has so much energy i don't know what he was singing about but i don't know what most of these people are singing about even when it's in english so <laughs> it was good i mean harry styles is great and i think of harry styles as not just a singer he's like an entertainer like Bruno Mars, Justin Timberlake. They're not just singers. They just know how to put on a good show. They get really people involved. But, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I think the biggest one, you'll probably disagree with me, though, the recognizing the hip-hop, 50 years of hip-hop, there was just so much high energy. And Questlove, you know, put that whole thing together, and it was great. Even if I didn't necessarily know who some of the acts were, I mean, some I clearly did. I mean, Salt and Pepper sort of stood out, and Public Enemy, when Flavor Flav still doesn't know what time it is, has to wear that clock around his neck. Or just a lot of energy or just a quick um, go from one to the other. And it was just a great uh, highlight for me. I, I thoroughly enjoy that. Yeah. Questlove does a great job. I mean, he's just really talented. So, Yeah, I saw them, them being the Roots, perform is it 1999 2000 in Maryland, we always have a big spring concert and they were sort of, you know, the third or fourth build on there. So I think enough people knew of them, but they were clearly not mainstream by anything. So, I mean, they've been around mm-hmm. forever. I mean, they changed the members. I think Questlove has always been there and a couple other people, but they've been, they've at least had some fans for 25 years plus at this point. And you were one of them. You can say what I you were. Fan. One I was like, oh, this roots. Okay. I'm never going to hear from them again. And then they started getting bigger, and then, you know, with Fallon and everything, they became, you know, pretty big. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so, you were so, an integral part of their history. It was, it was all me going to a free show. That That's all that mattered. But, I mean. Thanks, Maryland. Yeah. I think, I think the Grammys overall were good. I mean, but I think I'm getting too old, but I still love the VMAs. I mean, I, I really do feel old when I watch it. Even if I know the groups, it's just a – it's such a younger – experience but i still like it even though we can make the joke that that mtv hasn't played videos in decades it's still that once a year when they honor <laughs> videos they don't show so yes yes yeah overall i thought it was good um yeah. we'll just yeah n- not a bad way to start the year off that's for sure so no that's that's great so maybe let's i'm ready i don't know if you are just jump into our main topic with college sports nil and stuff like that. So maybe we'll just take, you know, quickly, like what's your general thoughts about the name, image, and likeness uh, issue? So I will say my initial reaction when I found out that they were going to allow NIL, I mean, because it has been, let's be honest, it's been talked about for a very, very long time. We are in the middle of Research Triangle Park. We have, you know, NC State, Duke, Chapel Hill, Wake, all all the schools, you know, and then you go out a little bit further, you have schools in Greensboro, and then you head to Charlotte. So we're very much in the middle of this, you know, for years, they talked about wanting to provide some sort of endorsement to athletes because of the fact that these universities were bringing in millions of dollars from the athletes that they recruited and you know yes they get 
an education and they get room and board and they get a good amount of their meals taken care of, right? So initially, I was not necessarily a fan of the NIL when I found out that it was officially going to be allowed, just because I'm a little bit old school in the fact that, you know, the fact that you are playing the sport that you love in college is already, that's a big deal. I mean, there's plenty of people that come out of high school and don't get to do what you do. And for the people that get to do it in a, on a grand scale at a really big deal university, that's, it's kind of like the icing on the top for me. So originally I, when I found out I, I'm not a fan, uh, just because I think that you add, you add money into it and it completely changes the game. It changes the game for the athletes, for their coaches, for their institutions. Um, and I, I don't know, I wasn't a fan. And I think that as they, we can discuss this obviously a little bit further, but you know, it's not, it's not been what anybody thought it would be. And I don't know if it's a positive or a negative at this point. I think it's still a little early. Um, coming out of COVID didn't help, I think, as people were still trying to just get back to, you know, just normal life on campus or, you know, their hobbies or like any of those things. But um, I'm not a fan initially um, because I think it takes away from the sports and um, we'll talk further just about how it's affecting everybody, you know? Um, so even if you don't, you know, it's affecting your institution, um, whether you realize it or not, just because of the amount of money that's getting thrown around for the, some of this stuff. Well, I want to mostly disagree with you. I think oh. the is good. In practice, there might be issues. I guess first, you know, let's, let's go back to the, I don't want to say how it started, but you would argue is um, Ed O'Bannon, who was a uh, great uh, high school, excuse, great college player when I was in high school, played at UCLA. Mm -hmm. He was upset, upset's being generous, that uh, several years after he played, EA Sports had a college basketball game that featured a guy from that team the same number same height weight left hand to skin color everything as well it, they, they didn't say it was him but it was clearly him and so he's like why are people making money off me he was in he was gone from college so there they were still making mm -hmm. money off him and he wasn't uh making a dime from it so i think is why can they not profit off it you know there's so much money going around and that's you know say the schools are not paying them the schools found a way to make money and not pay them they're the donors the boosters a lot of the plays have what's called collectives so once again it's the rich donors who are doing it the schools are still getting the many the money from the um the tv contract but i say so why can't they why they're yes and that's what i used to think before they're getting room board and education well other people are making money off them so why can't they i mean i think it's you know it, it's there's you know once again when push come to shove there's a lot of potential issues some of the laws vary state to state and you know so you some of these schools is it going to be like a whatchamacallit are the top schools going to get even better is alabama going to have in texas really they're going to their alums going to get so much money that other teams might have been able to compete for recruits, you know, from everything else. And now money's evolved, either indirectly or directly. So I think that's interesting. Now, the other thing I pass back to you is that what do they get the money for? Because sometimes mm -hmm. well, they have to, to show up and sign autographs. Sometimes it's not even that. So we're, and they're not supposed to get compensated based on performance in the sense of you get a touchdown, you're going to get more money. It's supposed to just be on that. I know some people like sell t-shirts, but the one thing that's sort of interesting 
uh, recently, because I give uh, money to the athletic department in Maryland, they have their since quarterly publication, and it's a PR thing, but they talk about the collective in Maryland for football. There's football, there's basketball, there's a baseball one too, and they're doing, they're paying money for them to help out in the community in the sense that there are several issues that they think is important, the football team, curbing gun violence, increasing literacy, drug and alcohol prevention, and raising mental health awareness. So instead of just being for, you know, going to the car dealership, sell cars, they're actually having them beginning paid to be in the community from the rich donors to talk about these important issues. So I thought, I thought that was interesting. I'm sure that's small compared to a lot of the other things that's going on even at Maryland, but I thought it was just an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I like that. I, I mean, I had not heard of that specifically, but I think that's a valuable way to use NIL. I think that there are ways that it can be used in a, in a good sense. Um, obviously, so yes, if they use your likeness in a video game or, you know, if you are the quarterback of the football team and they want to sell your jerseys, yes, you should get rights to that. I think with NIL, yes, there has to be some service involved. You have to show up and sign autographs or take pictures or whatever it may be. That is, that is what is mandated with NIL. Now, that being said, you know, the, a lot of, I guess a lot of my concern with NIL is two things. One, you, a lot of the stuff that would, I mean, let's be, let's be honest. There are universities where, you know, impermissible benefits occurred and so players were given money or you know cars or whatever um both, both of wasn't... schools have had issues with basketball teams and and this is now 30 years ago for each of us but we we have some experience of that unfortunately yes we we have a little bit so we can speak on it really well because it affected <laughs> us so um but i mean Yes. So all of those impermissible benefits that used to be done under the table are now technically okay because of NIL. So you're taking something and you're making it okay, but there's still not clear, kind of what you said before, like there's not clear rules around it. The execution is definitely a little bit wonky. Um, but with with that you have to do something like you have to provide a service so what like what service you know for cars generally they're gonna they're gonna show up in commercials for that car dealership right um but then there are other things where i just don't understand what like what service they are doing so case in point there's um you know, especially for, let's look at like local things here, you know, um, there's a really popular restaurant uh, near state and they announced that they were going to have like prominent athletes from various sports join their quote unquote team. Mm -hmm. Now that involves them showing up and doing, I don't know if it's like a, radio show or, or something like that or showing up and you know doing pictures and autographs and stuff like that so that is the service right that is done for them but I guess sometimes I'm just not clear of what service is being provided and two I mean it is a benefit for the business side because I believe it is a tax write-off for them pending how much especially Right. Some of the numbers given, right? So, especially if it's car, right? I mean, that's, you know, you can write that off. But um, I just don't, you know, there's there's something about, yes, wanting to push your business and drive traffic to you. But for some of the local ones that are NIL athletes for whoever, I, I don't see it. Like, I don't see what they're doing but I, like I live nearby and I don't see a benefit of it where I don't see the commercials or it, like I don't see it. So I guess that's, 
I guess that's my take on it. Like if you're providing a service, we don't know what that is. The other fact about NIL, I believe you do not have to, this, this is the part that is, you can maybe help me with this part, but you don't have to disclose who your deals are with. Hmm. Yeah, I've not heard either way, so I'm not sure. I don't think you have to. It is a voluntary thing. But I think you know, just that becomes a mess from a – I mean, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know how you tax that if you're – I don't know. Oh, no, they, they are taxed. I think people were did, – that didn't have good representation were surprised – you know, when they got their first tax bill and it was only half the season, now it's I mean, the half a year. Now it's the full year. So, yes, they're, they're going to pay mm-hmm. taxes on that. So, I mean, but it, they it, don't have to. So they, they'll pay taxes on it, but they don't have to disclose to their university that they're getting money from those people. That I don't know about. I definitely I mean, and I don't know what they have disclosed to university because theoretically it's a separate entity. But they do have to disclose, as I understand, to the IRS, it's income. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one thing to get $1,000 cash, then you pay whatever, 15 20% of that. But if you get a – and then you, you just take that into account. But if you get a new car, you're spending $10,000 of cash on that car because mm-hmm. of – which is different. And so I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I think it's so new that people are still learning all of it. I think one thing that was interesting to me, and there's actually pros and cons of this, people were worried that it, who's going to get the deals? It's going to be the, the football players and the men's basketball players. Mm-hmm. So the stats at Maryland are that 52% of the recipients of NILs are female, 48% are male. So I don't know, dollar-wise, it might be different. I think it's just like the numbers. But the thing that I think is is interesting. I, I, I looked at the top 10, the highest grossing NIL, NILers for mm-hmm. female athletes. And it's overwhelmingly good-looking young women. Most mm-hmm. are white, not all. Mm-hmm. The top two are gymnastics. So, I mean, if they, and, the, and the, the basketball, two of the basketball players, those twins that were were they in the West Coast somewhere? And they went there, they transferred to the University of Miami. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them do, you know, the Instagram, TikTok videos. So is it good that we're rewarding, not necessarily talent. I mean, they're, they're not bad. These athletes. They're not necessarily bench warmers, but they're not necessarily, you know, would be the biggest stars when gymnastics, and in the SEC, gymnastics is big, but, but nationwide, it's not. So are we going back to, you know, old school world that we're getting, you know, not, it's not as a talent, but who you are and how you can sell. So I just thought that was a different way to look at it. So yes, females are getting represented and some of them mm-hmm. are getting an insane amount of money, mm-hmm. but not for lack of a better term, do they deserve it versus some of these other, you know, top basketball players or some other, maybe softball or whatever else, you know, the top women's sports are. So I thought that was interesting. Correct. Yes, absolutely. I think, um, Right. I, I did know I was aware of those some of those top athletes that you mentioned. Um, I think that whether you are whatever your gender, I think that is part of it business related and how you can market yourself. I mean, yes, definitely, because at the end of the day, this is your chance with NIL to bring um, money in for yourself. I do think that your appearance can play a massive role and I don't care who you are or what your sport is. So yes, I agree with you that it is looking at how you market yourself and how you may appear or come across no matter who you are or what your sport is, as opposed to how you perform on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so, pain and good looking. Yes. Yes. You think so? I, I, as being a, a straight guy, I did not think he was. I'll give Tom Brady, but my point, which you sort of disproved, was that being a male, Peyton Manning doesn't have to have the looks, but he's just such a good player, and that's why. 
I mean, I'm sure there are other people. I mean, uh, is Shaq a beautiful man? I, I I wouldn't say so, but he's such a good player that he's still popular. I think if it was the opposite, if it was with women, he knows how to market. That's the other side of it. Oh, he, he's a great too. But I think it. I think there is a double standard with that that a guy can get away with it. Well, Larry Bird, no one could say he's good looking. He was, you know, he was in the eighties. 90s, he was a he could do that stuff. He and Michael Jordan play basketball for McDonald's, whatever. I think it's a different world. True. So, okay, so, um, the, I mean, the hot, you know, you said the two highest paid female athletes are gymnasts, yes, and one of them is is very popular, very well talked about. Now, I've actually seen, like, in the middle of watching sports on TV, I have seen her com- her commercials um, m- multiple times. And I know, you know, the brand that she works with, and I've seen that. I was like, oh, like, this is part of her NIL deal. You know, she's in a partnership with this company. This is her commercial for that kind of thing. So, like, that is the one that I've, like, actually seen come to fruition. Um, as far as like, you know, football and I mean, okay. So Bryce Young, who is the quarterback at Bama, Mm I mean, people would say he's a good looking guy. I'm sure there are plenty of girls that would die to go out on a date with him, but that Bama did not play well this year that, I mean, they just didn't, but it's estimated his NIL deals are putting him in the millions. Because so, that, that goes to my main point. It's, 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 I mean, it's Alabama. If you're the quarterback of Alabama, quarterback Ohio State, you're going to get it. Right. But clearly, I mean, I guess, yes, I think that's, you know, it might not matter how you pay, play on the field. And like you said, their NIL deals don't depend on, you know, completions or any of those stat numbers, you know. But it's definitely affecting the university as far as, you know, who, which talent they can keep, which talent they can recruit, whether they'll be able to cover. Um, because as you, you know, you alluded, yes, there are collectives um, mm-hmm. at universities that, before NIL, they would give, you know, kind of into the pot and it would get spread across the athletic department and used wherever it was needed. Well, now you don't need to do that anymore because you can specify which athlete you want to give to directly. So future wise, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, so, yeah. the men's basketball and football will get more money. Absolutely, well, that's actually you know a great point. Will they? Or I have ten thousand dollars to give. I'm giving it to to rec- quote unquote recruit the players where I would have given it to the university, or to I me mean, to the athletic department before. So is that going to hurt the athletic department? You know their budget. While they might be getting the good players, some of this other money will that they had gotten before they're not getting, you know, I mean, even the richest people in the world do have a limited amount of money and mm-hmm. especially limited amount they're going to do. So are they now going to, that $10,000, they're going to do $10,000 to the players. They go to five and five or what's going to be. I, mean, I think that's it. That's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I bet some athletic departments are nervous. Oh, absolutely. They have to be. They and, have to be. And to get back, you sort of hit on it briefly but now you know you're recruiting transfers with money there's this uh, wide receiver from Maryland Keen Jarrett who's probably going to be a mid-round pick in the coming NFL draft a great receiver great height and he actually flipped on uh, Stein Day from LSU to Maryland big big pickup and he's talked about all the schools that try to want to try to get him a transfer because of money and obviously mm-hmm. a couple years ago that would have been completely illegal and now it's name of the game so you have to fight to keep these people and thank god he stayed i mean 
he's selling t-shirts. I see that. I mean, some other things too, but it, yeah. It, yeah, it goes now, you know, not just from recruiting, but retaining, make sure they have the best deals uh, possible. Right. Right. Transfers coming in, depending on what the university deals, like what the university has in a deal with their collective or what a local business has. I mean, yes, they can, you know, that's affecting decisions of where they go to play. And yes, that's why they're flipping. That's why you're seeing people, you know, money, money's doing the talking at this point. Um, Yeah. That's why the transfer portal is a mess right now. So so you're going to say it's bad. I'm going to say it's good. So you think you overall think NIL is good. No, no, the transfer market. Oh, the transfer market. Yeah, itself. that's what I'm saying. It's a lot. There's a lot of people. Yeah. So, so let's I, back up for one second. So the thing is, you know, previously, in most circumstances, you'd have to sit out a year in order to transfer. There's different rules for hardships and this and that. But the thing is that people don't realize most sports didn't have the restriction. It was baseball, bat. Yeah, baseball, basketball, football, men's ice hockey. The other 25 sports, you could transfer at will. So what, why, you know, it was allowed for other ones. And now it's still, you can only do it once. Forget the COVID's changing a little bit, but it's going to go back to once without penalty. So, you know, why, you know, a coach can leave. Why, you know, why can't a player leave? I think it's the thing for the individual, it's important. Yes, it's, it's, it's horrible for the school it's bad i can't imagine wanting to be a coach but i think for the individual athlete it, it's the right thing to do why why should they be forced to stay at a school that not only that they might not like anymore maybe the coach doesn't like them anymore i mean there's always conversations yeah you're probably better off someplace else and now for it's gonna be better for that coach and better for the player to go where he's wanted more so i think and i'll get to it but i think there are definitely some bad signs but i think at least for the individual player, it's the right thing to do. Just like the NLL it might be bad for the sport, but for the individual athlete or student athlete, is it like being called? It's the right thing to do. I think if you're in a situation where it, like there's a coaching change, like that's a pretty significant change and pending, I was going to say pending what year you are in school, but I guess that didn't even matter. Um, and that's something significant to consider. Yes. I think that just, I think that just being able to change just because you want to, which is, it comes across to me that they are not happy because, you know, they're not playing or like they brought some other person in, in their position. And so they're now a third string or whatever that may be. I mean, first of all, I think you need to give it time. You know, if you transfer after your freshman season, to go somewhere else, but you're, there's a significant chance you could play. It's not a situation where you would be a third string. I think that you need to just, I mean, it's your freshman year. But I mean, think about in football, in the sense of your quarterback, you're, you're, and you're not the, the number one, you're hoping that guy gets injured. So you don't mean not hoping, but that's when you're only playing or the mop up duty. So a lot of times they could see the writing on the wall. But I think, you know, I have two sort of opposite points. One, will this be the end of the mid-major teams where the true mid-major teams, the basketball or, you know, the, you know, lower leagues in football. So if, if, you know, that coach did a great job recruiting this sort of dime in the rough and he, you know, breaks out, is that person now going to just leave? And go to better school and uh you know hurt them but so the the other thing i was thinking about and it's back to the backup quarterback you know some of these lesser schools may get you know a pretty good guy out of that we were um we got uh talia viola when he mm-hmm. saw that he was not going to be a starter at alabama like his uh brother Mm-hmm. And he has already set pretty much every major passing record in Maryland's come back for one year. And then we were very close from the transfer portal getting Jalen Hurts, was, which would have been amazing before then. But I mean, it's, and we're not, you know, mid major, but is it, you know, some of these people that 
had the talent for, I don't know, maybe a third string at Alabama. Now they're going to play at, you know, Western Carolina and star there. Some other, you know, school that's mm-hmm. going to let them, you know, star shine. So I think there's, I, th- I think there's pros and cons, but I'm, I'm just like with NIL, I think for the individual, we should, we should think about the individual athlete. I think overall that's good. Yes. We do have people that, you know, it's sort of the NBA draft and you have 60 people will, you know, declare early entry. And if you do mm-hmm. the math, they can't be picked. It's like this thing too, when you have whatever the number is of, for, for football, a thousand people, and they're not, they're not all going to get picked up. But I think overall for the average student athlete, as they say, I think both the NIL and the transfer portal is good for them. I think it depends on the player for NIL and for transfer. I think it very much depends on the situation. You know, transfer portal is, I guess it was last, last year, the year before. I mean, there was like thousands of people, like a couple thousand people in a transfer portal. Like, that's a lot, you know, there's, you know, I think that I did not know that they were going to go back to the rule of, you know, you get one transfer. Um, I think that that is a good thing. I mean, I know that there's a there's a football player that's literally transferred every single year. Oh yeah, there, there, there's there's and several I, of them like that. Or basketball, that's ridiculous. Yeah, school, and I mean, it's and there were occasionally people like that before. I don't know how they got away with some of that stuff with hardship or coach leaving or something. They were always able to get waivers for, but yeah. I realize there are situations where a a waiver would need to be supplied, and I that's fine. But just, just transferring just to seemingly do it because there's, I just don't think there's a good place for that. So. But, and and I think before, you know, what would people do is they would for their quote unquote senior year, they can, they would already have graduated. They can get a graduate degree at a a different school and then not have to sit out. So Greg Paul has actually did that with football. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, we have we've uh, there's a Maryland great great lacrosse player who did that with uh, football D two school and then got drafted by the Falcons. But I mean, it happens every so often. Even you know, same school. You had just the rule I believe was that you would have to uh, find a, a degree that your current school doesn't offer. Some weird rule like that. So it is sort of funny in theory that you can graduate college and undergrad and still play. Just like I think it's weird that you know the College World Series goes so late that plenty of the team has already graduated college, is done with college, not no graduate school, and they're still playing collegiate baseball. Yeah. Their schedule's just really weird. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's interesting. I, I think it all needs to be refined. I think there are – I'm I'm definitely a little bit more towards the negative side of things. I do see some positives – but overall, it, it's just – I feel like there's a lot that needs to be ironed out on on both fronts. Um, and it'll be – you know, there are plenty of – you know, universities are having to figure out NIL and how they're, how they're dealing with that. Um, just like from a, from a budget standpoint, you know, because money's going directly to athletes, not into the, the general – you know, budget for the university to use on athletics. So I think if things don't get specified and clarified as to how they'll be, you know, used, I think you're going to see, I would venture to say that you're going to see universities have to drop sport teams, sporting teams because the, their budget won't be able to cover it anymore because NIL will go directly to yeah, players. Had to already. I mean, even Stanford, I think, has the most of anyone. They dropped it. Maryland's dropped sports. A lot of them. I mean, and some of it also this is a bigger issue of the day, the whole Title IX thing when, when football has 85 scholarships right there. So it, it's, it's harder. I mean, that's, you know, baseball doesn't have many scholarships because of that and some of the other things. So it's interesting. But on an aside, you know who um, Tim McCarver is? The, he's announced the World Series for many years. The 
a big baseball announcer. The name might, sounds familiar. So he did it with, with Buck for decades. He was doing it for, for them. And the point being, he just passed away the other day. And a lot of the obituaries are talking about his relationship with Kurt Flood, a baseball player. And because of Flood, that started the whole free agency in the uh, 70s because it's a big deal when so back then teams owned players before free agency. So you couldn't even decide who your boss was. And not, over time, things have changed, you know, how long. But there was only back then it was indefinite rights, which almost seems like that with before the, the transfer portal was, you know, once you sign that dotted line, even though it's theoretically a year to year quote unquote contract, it became a four year deal. And, you know, overall, historically, most people are fine with it. Even as much as we talk about everyone transferring, relatively speaking, even if 25 players transfer football, you know, that you would say that's, you know, 75% a little less that are there, a little more who are still there. Depends if the glass, mm-hmm. glass full half empty, but I might think it's back to the rights of the individuals that, you know, if you were a normal um, a student, not a student athlete, you know, this school is not working out. It's too big or, the, you know, it's it's not what I expected. You can you should be able to get your credit transfer, at least hopefully. But if you can't, mm-hmm. at least you, know you can go to a, a different school. You'll find a school that lets you in. So why do they have to be, you know, stay in that school that just might not be a good situation or before some of those things were, you know, you could transfer, but you can't, like you have to get permission from the coach to transfer Mm -hmm. and you you can't transfer to one in the same league or you can't transfer to a team. We're going to play in two years from now. It's like, you know, shouldn't you have the right? Shouldn't it be like an at will employee? Like most of us are in the real world. You can leave if you want to. But at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like this is getting further and further pushed out the door. I mean, they are student athletes. Like, yes, it's not, they do sign, you know, it's a year to year thing. It's not a four year deal like is misconceived. But I mean, they are student athletes for a reason. And they still have you know, the, the benefits of being a scholarship athlete are still there. Those don't go away. Things have just become increasingly more delicate because of NIL. You know, I think, yes, if you're a normal student, you know, you could, you can transfer schools and have your credits go with you. If you don't, if you're okay with, you know, the school environment and generally things are okay with your team, but you feel like you should be able to benefit from an NIL standpoint and you're not. So you think you're going to transfer so that you can then get more money. I don't, I don't think that's very, I don't think that's a good realistic way to look at things. And I know that that, you know, because of NIL, a lot of your mid-major schools, you know, you've got athletes wanting some pretty serious numbers, not in the, not in the millions or anything crazy, but I mean, you want, you've got some mid to low level athletes that want six figures, Mm -hmm. but nobody knows who you are. Like, does it it probably doesn't help that it's probably not you know men's basketball or football but you know if you want to transfer and you want six figures and nobody wants to take you up on that why not just stay because you still are at a university where you can get you know a good education and things are generally okay with your team. Like you like your teammates, your coach is fine. You're playing. And, you know, wh- why, why disrupt that? I guess is where I'm coming from. I, and money talks and I realize it does, but if it's either you stay where you are or you, you don't, I mean, you don't really have an alternative, I guess, because you, you're not going to make, you're not going to make six figures. Well, I guess, you know, back to student athletes, which I which I, I laugh at, but I mean, are they, you know, 
athletes who are students or students who are athletes. I would say if you're the Naval Academy, there are students who are athletes. At a lot of the other schools, say Alabama, they're athletes who are students. And mm-hmm. some of the, the questionable programs, I would say they're athletes. Even. That's correct. So, so I think, I you know, the, the point is, it, it's, are they there for an education? Yes, yeah, some of them are, clearly. I mean, it's great. And some of the people, that's their first, the first person in their family getting education. And it's great that the people who are taking up that opportunity because of their athletic skill to get a, a good education. That's great. But I mean, I think the question now is, you know, how much part of that this is a student, but I think it interesting. I don't know if it's sort of going against my point or not. You know, now with basketball, there's that, the, the special part of the G league, there's this other places mm-hmm. that you can get paid for. So mm-hmm. now with, are we going to be able to keep people in school longer because of that? Is that going to be good for them? If let's, let's say you're, you know, you're questionable, you know, you maybe a second round draft pick in basketball, but I want to just get out and make at least some money. You know, Mr. Irrelevant in football, I want to go out and make some money. Now, maybe you stay that extra year and you can make more money. Or some of the people that, okay, I know I'm not going to get to the NBA, but like, you know, I'm 23 now. Let me just go overseas and make a decent salary for basketball. But now it's like, you know, I could still play another year and now make some more money. So now is it going to be able to keep some of these people that are, that are pretty good give them another year of education. I think it has proven to be that at some point. I don't, it's proven to be that now. Uh, We've seen that across the sports. You know, I think you actually raise a point that, you know, as I, as I just look into all of this with NIL, you know, the athlete, the student, the student in quotes, part of the student athlete. I mean, I feel like it's going out the window. Yes. So it's, at what point do we just lift restrictions on like age or schooling requirements to be able to go to the next level? Because if you just cut out the, the people that want to just, you know, yes, they are good at their sport but they are just constantly chasing to get the most amount of money possible in the two years that they're there. You know, why not just let them go pro kind of thing? I think this is a point where if they can't, if they can't figure out how to streamline this and make it, tweak it a little bit, clear things clear some things up i think that you should then just let let them go pro kind of thing i mean if you're the money that's being thrown around to keep players or to try and recruit players i mean they they might as well go pro at this point some of some of those numbers are crazy yeah, some of them are crazy, but you might be making more if you're right on that sort of borderline. But I think, you know, back to the point is with all these television deals, especially for the big leagues, shouldn't mm-hmm. the conferences be paying them? I mean, with, with the, the Big Ten is an insane deal they just signed. Shouldn't And then the commissioner thought he'd at least consider it. He now um, moved on. He's leaving the Big Ten to become the CEO of the Chicago Bears. But I mean, should these players get some from the university, from the league, as part of the, you know, the, the rights package for TV? Should you know X percent go to the players? And I think you know the next step. And here's one that I'm going to probably say that I'm for. You're going to say it's against. I mean, do we have, you know, unions with players? I think you know there's these rights that being there. Yes, they're getting paid, but there's still universities that conference is making so much money mm-hmm. off these players even the ones that are making a good deal there's the, the the schools are still not paying them so they get the best of both worlds yes we said maybe they're going to lose some of the donations but it's still a pretty good deal when you could have make millions and millions and millions of dollars a year off these players and in essence you don't have to pay much more than the money for the education the food and housing i think that's it's still a mm-hmm. great deal for the universities that i think should change so with the TV deals, uh, I know, I mean, Big Ten, SEC, 
Those are like the main ones that I think of. I, I don't. I know the ACC just signed a deal and it was out another, oh, it's out another 10, 12 years, I think. And it's a pretty good number, I feel like. But I mean, with those TV deals, like what you think that a percentage, like even percentages to, should go to each school and then each school should divvy up that way i mean i just don't know how it would i don't know how you would do that i mean obviously like if it's a bigger deal school pending the sport that's being played and who's playing each other you know that could drive your viewership you know you're gonna see ebbs and flows in that do you still just break it up yeah well it's changed a little bit but for various reasons but for the most part most leagues pay their teams the equal amount for the tv rights It changed okay. also, you know, with the Texas got a better deal in the, in the Big 12, and a Notre Dame's deal with the ACC is different because of football. But I mean, you do that way. The, a lot of the leagues, NBA, you know, you have a certain percentage of revenue has to go to the players. So if, if the if a billion dollar TV deal is, you say, twenty percent has to be given to the players, and most of that TV deal is football. Even percentage wise, basketball is, for the Big Ten is a tiny, tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Of it, but you just do it across all student athletes as a way, you know, to like you earn this as a way to make it equal. Because if you didn't do it that way, it'd be there would Title Nine issues. But I think right. you know it, it's so it's it's going to go somewhere. It's going to go for the coaches. It's going to go, you know. So why not go a percent to the players physically from the either the schools or from the um from the the conferences. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not against that necessarily. I think the these are massive deals. I think you are correct. Like just paying them a little bit off of these deals would be good. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I think as long as you you get a set rate per school, and then that school divides out, or it goes like. Yeah, I I think that's fine. Yeah, I, um, I mean. I think an interesting thing just came to my head now. It's not the same anyway. So Duke, their their cost for education is their tuition is a lot more than NC State, mm-hmm. a lot more. So are they mm-hmm. getting, you know, those people getting a better deal, right? You know, so it's it's it's, it's never going to be completely equal to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's true. The private schools versus not and. Yeah, I mean that, that's always going to be like that. I mean, and, and like especially at, at Chapel Hill, that they're talking about changing now. I think it's the law says they cannot allow more than eighteen percent of out-of-state students. They want all in-state. Well, they don't care about athletes, right? They'll they'll get the best ones whoever they want to. So that's another advantage mm-hmm. they can get over the the, the, the normal uh, students, not the student athlete. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I think there's ways, I think TV deals can definitely be done and be used to benefit athletics as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think, I think there are ways to go. I think that the student part of the student athlete is, you know, not fully still intact, but of course we do need to realize, you know, NIL affects thousands of students right but not everybody i mean not everybody mm-hmm. wants to take advantage of it some people are there just to play their sport and to get an education and i don't like think you said i mean part of it is them. marketing i think anyone who's offered is going to accept unless it's some shady deal you know for or some company like some company that they don't agree with the principles no I think- shady deals that doesn't happen no and i think a lot of times i think it's too between the schools and the states you know, what can you agree? I think a lot of, and I don't know who's setting it, but like gambling can't do, you're not going to do presumably alcohol. You can't do alcohol, gambling. Um, there's like two other really big categories that you can't, you can't promote, but everything else is pretty much fair game. Well, can, so. can, you, can you promote uh, marijuana if it's legal in your state? Ooh. I think some of the states are 21. So when, it, but I think it's, I mean, there's, it's interesting, but you know, what if, you know, you're, you know, there's, 
against beliefs, religious beliefs about what you can and can't eat. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't necessarily do that or some other right. thing, you know, you, you don't, I don't know. So I think it's going to be, but I think for most, I think that's the exception that most people are like, yeah, I'll take a thousand dollars, take $200 for this mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I mean, yeah. And so we hear about all the big ones, but, but yeah, but a lot of them, some of them, it's like for free food at this restaurant. Oh yeah. So I mean, people. So some people not getting rich. Some people getting some nice pocket change and stuff like that. But that's, I don't know. I think I think I think both transfer and nil. It's good for individuals. Yes, the details still have to be worked out. It's it's going to be a big learning curve over the next several years. I mean, it's not like, you know, it. it, it, It's going the way anyway that the the, especially in football that the big schools are going to dominate sec is going to continue to dominate the big 10 is because they just get bigger and bigger with the tv deal so it's not just going to necessarily be because of nils but it's clearly not going to hurt right yeah it'll be interesting to say i I think you're going to see they can iron out those details i i could be swayed that could be it could be a better benefit for everybody involved but i i do you know I do think that there are some universities that are at a risk for losing athletes and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And if something doesn't change and I don't think I think it's a thing where it's it's just new and I don't think they they being the athletes they being the universities I don't think they know what to do and I don't think they know how to best go towards things um and yeah we'll see but even you know not that long ago you would say the acc is one of the top leagues and now just with the the money it's the big 10 and sec and then a huge drop mm-hmm. to the acc pac 12 they still may be raking in so much money but it's all relatively speaking if they're only making half with the big 10 i mean that's the you know, ten million here, ten million there. You're starting to talk about real money soon. So it's it's there's gonna be a lot of things that are gonna affect you know college athletes and well, college sports over the the near term and long term. Right. Yeah. ACC's. Yeah, they got a long way to go. SEC and the Big Ten definitely just stand out. In in my mm-hmm. opinion, and I think that I mean as, when you talk about TV deals, I mean the Big Ten, I think. SEC and Big Ten are definitely up there. But, I mean, Big Ten has had their TV deal for a while now. Like, they, I feel like they were one of the first conferences to do it. Well, there's and... a couple of things. They were the first to have their own uh, channel, but they were smart. They It was a huge risk. They Their last television deal, I think it was like five years. And it had just re-upped it. Unlike the SEC, ACC has signed these long-term deals. So now they're with the um, the whatchamacallit coming up when it's quote unquote live. The Big Ten is going to have a noon game on Fox. They're going to have the three thirty on CBS, which used to be the SEC game. Then after mm-hmm. that, they'll have the primetime game on NBC. I mean, they're getting all you know. You could argue: is, Are there three marquee games every week? Well, there might not be, but they're still going to get marquee play of that. Right. No other team, and so. The SEC sold their soda ESPN for what seemed like a lot, but it's a really long-term deal. They're not hurting, but if they had done that, you know, a shorter contract, they would probably be with the Big Ten doing. They would go after, you know, three different people. We're not mm-hmm. – the Big Ten's not going to be on ESPN, which is – we discussed that at a different time. Is that bad or how much does that matter anymore? But they're, they're, they're counting the money now. Right. The Big Ten, I mean, I – I've known about that channel because I remember, I mean, my, I remember seeing it my whole life and I remember thinking, why do they have a channel? And like, nobody else does. They were just the first ones in the game for it. So. And they were smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's well-produced. I mean, you, you, you see that between oh, absolutely the, because you go back and, and it's my youth, but you go back to some of these Raycom games for, for oh, the ACC yes. basketball and yeah, the announcer were great, but it wasn't, you, you know, you're watching, Raycom as opposed to ESPN. Here, 
you can't tell with how it looks, the sounds, the the the, the talent and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, I still there's a special place in my heart for Raycom, Jefferson Pilot, all that stuff to see, you know. That Raycom, yes. Isn't that wild how you can almost know what network it is just by watching it? I feel like that's just Well, the wild. thing that's great, you you probably know the song it's called um Round Top Rock, which is better known as the NBA and NBC theme song, which is part of my youth. You're a little too young for that. Do, 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 which NBC would bring back occasionally for Olympics, but Fox bought the right. So the, oh. on Fox Sports, we'll hear it at any you know TV timeout, FS1 for the basketball games. And so it just brings back my youth. It's John Tesh, you may know, Intelligence for Your Life. He, he, he created that and still collecting residuals 25 years 30 years later whatever it is at this point so just yes but overall yeah it, it's, it's something that you can tell i think it's it's less than before and the pac-12 has their own not only network they have like six different versions but no one even cares about it so there's like the oregon version there's the los angeles version, the, the arizona version sometimes they all share the same thing sometimes it would be individual but that was a problem with the acc it took them so long once they finally got off the ground as a cable station, cable sort of went downhill. People weren't subscribing to cable. Yeah, you could still get mm-hmm. it streaming, but it was not the same thing. Yeah, I'll never I just I will never understand why the ACC took so long to decide to get in the game with that because everybody you know, else, I feel like they were just light years behind and yeah, now, that's gonna now be it's his legacy though. I mean, I think he's he's had some good stuff, but I think they're going to look back, you, you know, his obituary is going to say that, you know, the one biggest thing was taking too long to get the uh, a television network. When he finally got it, it was, in essence, too late. And now look at the ACC now. Just the money difference. It's. Yeah. I mean, and then the, it, ACC, it the ACC is not the ACC anymore. I remember when people were saying, aren't you mad? You know, you left the ACC with Maryland. And at first, those are the tradition. But now you look at it. It, it's it's so different that it's it's just the ACC in name only, and you could say right. that's true with with many conferences, but I still think it's completely different now because it was a, a true Southern conference. I mean, Gary Williams used to say that Maryland was Alaska, both in terms of you know how far north it was, but also how just disrespectful because it was a Greensboro organization. You know, Jim Beheim, not a guy that would ever complain. Would always complain about the Greensboro aspect of it. I mean, it's it, it's just yeah. I mean, we now just wanted to bring you to the sunny South in March. What's wrong with that? You should be appreciative yeah, of that. To Charlotte because Greensboro is not the easiest city to get to, and and it's still you know it, it's it, it's not a southern. It's sort of southern, but not a southern conference anymore. I mean, the SAC, even as it's branching out, it's still a Southern conference. That's fair. So, I don't know. Yes. I mean, it was, it's, it's, ACC's not dead yet, but, you know, there's talks. Is How many Super Leagues are there going to be? We know two of them. And, you know, it's people, oh, why did Maryland leave? It's money. You know, if, if, if there was, you know, there have been rumors about other schools leaving, but, like, the ACC – you got, you know, who who would other leagues want? They'd want Carolina. They'd want Florida Clemson State. Clemson for football. Clemson. Clemson for football. And that might be it. I mean, no, 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 no offense with you, with with uh, with NC State. But I mean, the only way you say took Maryland is because they had two big television markets, Baltimore, Washington. That's why I took Rutgers because of New York market. So it's mm. so maybe you could argue for the the. You can get UNC with the Charlotte market and with the the triangle market. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it just it's it's all about that. I mean, as much as people love the Duke name, then Duke's not gonna go anywhere. No one wants them because it's all football. Yeah. I mean, Super, if, if, I mean if it was if it was anything else, I mean ECU would have been an ACC team in the past. Oh, but yes. it's just, they, don't, they don't bring anything. They have they have a decent football program historically, baseball. But it just well they don't add anything now. I mean, the Greenville market, 
is not big. Plus, you would always you get to the state anyway with all the other teams there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. it's all I mean, super s- super leagues are coming. It's just a matter of when. Um, I mean, there was talk what this last off season pretty solidly about potentially having some really big shifts. Yeah. Um, I, and it's coming. We just don't know when, and it's all because of the money and the markets. But I can't keep. I, it is hard for me to keep track. Some of the teams in conferences now, yeah. but I just don't even worry about it because it's all going to change. So well, UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. We got uh, with Texas and Oklahoma going to SEC. So I mean, it's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be survival of the fittest, and we'll see how it uh it plays out. That's gonna be crazy though. Those are big moves, and of course, it's because of who they are and what they will bring to the conference, and mainly from a money and a broadcast side of it. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. So I don't know about you. I think we solved all these issues tonight. We solved all the problems. Yes. We solved. We solved. I mean, we're we're good to go. It's going to be it's a the perfect world. Yes, nil and super leagues, and we're going to move on forward. Yeah, and I think you know. I think that super leagues or the leagues in general might be a good, uh, you know, future topic too. When you look at you know as important as the leagues are, you know, Gonzaga is basketball and football is different, and basketball Gonzaga is their own thing. Their league is pretty good. St. Mary's is good this year, but it's a uh, they were able to do it in spite of not being in a major league. But I think it just takes some time. I think that's you know we have future topic. And March is around the corner, so you we all know what that means. Well, and you know, in uh, two and a half months, it's gonna be May. Yes. <laughs> favorite so, meme. It's my favorite meme. Yes. So on that note, I think there's another, you know, good episode. I'm looking forward to episode three and what that might uh, occur. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me tonight. I really appreciate yeah. it. No, it was, it was a great conversation and, you know, look forward to seeing what our listeners think of this. So, yeah, just uh, hit us up and let, let us know what you think. Okay. Well, thank you, Morgan. Sounds good.